0: This is I Doubt It with Dollamore with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page a podcast dedicated to free-thinking and open-minded discussion ideas, skepticism, but most importantly a good time All right Welcome to the show, episode eighty-two, December seventeenth, twenty thousand fourteen. What? What happened? <laughs> this is I doubt it with Dollamore. I am your host Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, the royal queen of Twitter, my lovely co-host Brittany Page.
1: The royal queen.
0: Would you rather be a princess?
1: No, queen is good. <laughs> Just royal queen, kind of redundant. Not
0: necessarily.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Freddie Mercury was a queen and Mm. he wasn't royal.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Forgot about that. Thank you.
0: Well, I allude to the fact that you and I both had relatively big weeks on Twitter. Mm -hmm. For me, it was big. For you, it was uh, just another day, I guess. Mm -hmm. And after I had had a lot of activity and back and forth with CJ Werleman and I thought I was on top of the world relative to Twitter.
1: Well, who is C.J. Whirliman for people who inevitably don't know?
0: All right. Well, C.J. Whirliman is a guy who, uh, I guess, he's an author and a journalist. He's best pals with with uh, the guy from The Guardian, Glenn Greenwald, mm-hmm. uh, who released all the Edward Snowden information. But
1: and he he's not a fan of Sam Harris. Right. He battles. The atheist.
0: That's right. Sam Harris and he battle back and forth all the time cj and i was also a proven pledgerist it, oh wow i didn't yeah, know that yeah so he anyway that's neither her, that's more character assassination just to let the audience know i don't like him either but anyway there was that There back and forth that i had with him and then about um, what well it was about it was about the sydney the Sydney thing, because after after the Sydney siege, which is becoming known, after that happened, he he took to Twitter and he said Muslims have a have some nerve to call their faith. He's being snarky here, Muslim. I should say it in my sarcastic tone, rather, huh? Muslims have some nerve to call their faith, quote unquote, a religion of peace when only ninety nine point nine nine percent of one point five billion are peaceful, which is. Not true, first of all. It's not 99.99. And then I answered, I said, tell that to the victims worldwide who've been raped, beheaded, and murdered at the hands of Islamists. Mm. And what?
1: I just, that was like my burn voice. Oh.
0: (laughs) And he came right back and he said, the 4,000 civilians U.S. drone strikes have killed were beheaded, but nicely, right?
1: Yeah, so just a giant debacle
0: well he's just a turd sandwich he doesn't answer any questions he doesn't he doesn't actually have the argument with you or the discussion he's you know he's he just point for point want to be snarky so i came back and i said well you incorrectly assume that i support obama's drone strikes and then he says i don't assume that but they're carried out in your slash our name hashtag coalition i don't know why he had to hashtag that no one's searching coalition And then I ended it, and I said, that is terrible. Should I influence U.S. policy in the Middle East and beyond by kidnapping and beheading innocent aid workers? Because that's what they're doing, ISIL, is trying to influence U.S. policy by doing terrible, heinous acts in the name of their religion.
1: Right. Well, how timely that the Sydney siege occurred, and then the Peshawar attack also happened.
0: Right. Then, like... A day or two later, this Peshawar thing happened. and
1: Which, of course, is the Taliban going into the school and, and killing...
0: Hundreds of, you know... Or children. Almost 150 people. And children. Children, right. Children, innocent kids in school. And he apparently isn't going to blame the religion on that either. So it's, it's just, oh, no, it's something else. It's just a political agenda that has nothing to do with Islam. And my point always is... Yes it is. It does have to do with Islam because if Islam didn't exist, those 100 and some children would still be alive because th- those people wouldn't have had that justification to brutally murder innocent kids without their religion.
1: Yeah, so we can get to how I'm royalty now.
0: Well, hang on. There was that wasn't even it. Was during during the Sydney siege um I tweeted, there was all these Americans who were talking about gun control. Well, if you didn't have such strict gun control during the Sydney thing, that someone could have taken him out. And I tweeted, and I said, if you're an American making lame gun control pro- points right now, think about how you would have felt listening to those kind of comments during 9-11 or some other American tragedy. And then it, I woke up the next morning, and it had been favorited 47 times and retweeted 33 times, which I, that's a big deal for... For J Dog,
1: right, Jesse,
0: mm. and then not hours later, because this was early in the morning on the fifteenth, so that would have been Monday, which was Christopher Hitchens' the anniversary of his of his death, right. So you wake up that day mm-hmm. and you tweet something, mm-hmm. which subsequently gets retweeted by none other than Gillette.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I tweeted a quote that he said about Christopher Hitchens in his book that he wrote.
0: What was the quote?
1: He says, he is better at speaking off the top of his head after a couple of drinks than I am at remembering his brilliance later while referencing notes.
0: Talking about Christopher Hitchens and how awesome he is.
1: Right, and I love that quote. So I typed it out and tweeted it and mentioned Penn and got a nice little retweet.
0: It's the second or third time he's retweeted something from you. Well,
1: I have a lot of good stuff to say well, that he likes. It
0: led to you practically having to turn your phone off because it was going nuts.
1: Yeah, it was a debacle. I had it; it was going continuously receiving notifications, and it wasn't even shutting off. Like the, it was lighting up nonstop right, right. for several minutes, and I had it stopped at um, it stopped at a hundred and seventy-seven notifications through text yeah because when i get a reply or i get a retweet or a new follower i get a text to my phone and so it stopped at 177 notifications but i got 131 retweets and 140 favorites right
0: which you know so it wasn't uh it made my little my little (laughs) joke of a of a happening seem very inconsequential thank you for that
1: that's okay (laughs) okay And I got some I got some new followers, and I tweeted yesterday that if you've heard one Oingo Boingo song, you've heard them all, and we all know that's true. Come on,
0: it it is true.
1: And someone responded to me and and said H eight R, and I did not know what that meant. And I googled it. I said, "What does H-8-R H eight R mean?" And now it's so clear yeah, to H- me.
0: H number eight R. And you came to me, and you said, I had to Google this to find what it is, and you showed me. Yeah. And I...
1: Knew it was hater. I knew it
0: was hater. Yeah. How did you not know it was hater? With all the no hate, you know, gay rights thing, all that stuff, with Adam Busca, or whatever his name is, and you don't know that H8R is hater?
1: I I can't explain it. I have Hmm. no idea. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Of course (laughs) that means hater. Oh, my God. Oh. I think it was all in caps. The H was capitalized and the R was capitalized, so that kind of confused me.
0: Hmm.
1: Maybe? No, I'm just dumb. I don't we'll know. We'll just go with that.
0: Maybe maybe this fried your brain from earlier. Meow, 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 meow,
1: meow, 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 Why are you doing this? Why?
0: <laughs> because I know it gets stuck in people's head and I'm just that diabolical.
1: Yeah, apparently.
0: All right, all right. It's a I'm not gonna play it anymore.
1: There's no song maybe. worse than that.
0: No, not well there is, but I don't have a clips of it here, so.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good. We don't want to hear it.
0: Right. So I guess we'll, we'll, let's move on, since we just, that was pretty much a, like a mild, humble brag segment right there.
1: Yeah. Sorry about that, everybody. Well, we I, just I, get excited.
0: Look, I like when, when good things happen on Twitter, and people agree with shit that i say i always have this fear though on twitter because my 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 avatar or my profile picture on twitter is me in a halloween costume of a priest and i always think they're gonna think i'm a priest and like judge what i say based on that but then i don't know i i I just I, i just think i should have be standing in front of a white wall or something
1: yeah, I think people know it's a joke because of the way you're standing. It just it looks like a joke picture, so mm. I wouldn't worry about it too much. But people do um, S on Twitter a lot, which is weird because it's really useful.
0: I, it's Listen, when the... Several things happened this week, and we knew about them 10, 15, 20 minutes in advance of network news. And right. we were following the story long before they actually broke the news on TV. So... It's very useful in that respect. It just matters on who you follow, whether it's very helpful or not. If you're just following Kim Kardashian and those other idiots, you're probably not going to be getting the full use out of it. But if you follow some of the accounts that I do, and I assume Britney does, you're going to be getting the the breaking news and the, the full impact of it.
1: Well, and some people care about what the Kardashians say they don't care about news so <laughs> I mean that's the good thing though you can right. you can tailor your timeline to what you want to see so if you want to see the Kardashians there you go if you want to see things that matter you can you can have that too and that's nice yeah and you have an ability to connect with people like Pin or like CJ Worleman that were before typically not accessible
2: for and sure. now they are yeah, you can absolutely. shoot them
1: a message I mean you see it on like Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets celebrities will get your message now it's not like writing fan mail sending it to their address their P.O. box and then never hearing anything from them right. you could possibly hear from someone
0: you've definitely had success relative to that and it's not like we go out and seek I don't tweet celebrities she didn't tweet that to Pendulette. she just mentioned him in the tweet and he saw it and retweeted it I've I've had interaction with um, who's that pot comedian? Doug. Doug Benson. Doug Benson. We've tweeted back and forth. There, there's been lots of times where I've tweeted back and forth with, you know, people who are well known. I hate the term celebrity. You definitely have. I mean, you you've interacted with big names in the psychology community, and you have big names in the psychology community following you on Twitter. You're like I said, you're royalty where it relates to Twitter compared to me, so.
1: Well, and that's the other good thing about Twitter is that it's just networking. You yeah. can network with people that normally you wouldn't be able to have access to. And I mean, it's a great way to network and not be creepy about it.
0: Well, it's the beauty of technology generally and Twitter specifically, so. So let's move on. Let's get to the news. News. Um, I do want to say before we start, there are some stories. People email us. And message us on the Facebook page all the time with ideas for stories and just kind of generally wanting to get our feeling on different topics. I want to let you know those those topics don't fall on deaf ears. It's just sometimes we already have planned what we're going to talk about. And also, I like to do a little research to find out all the angles to see what I really feel about something. I don't want to go off half-cocked and give my opinion on something and, and then have to retract. And, uh, you know, actually, I didn't really fully think that out, so... For those of you who have emailed us, and for those of you who have messaged us, or even just posted on the Facebook wall, we're getting to it, don't worry, and thank you very much for the participation. Before we get started, it is Christmas time, it is the first day of Hanukkah today, and if you're buying gifts, go to dollamore.com, up in the top right hand corner, use the search bar under the support the show link, there's still tons of time. To buy your gifts through Amazon and have them shipped in time for Christmas. So that would be super helpful if you're going to spend your money anyway. If you're not going to go out and brave the dangers and wild jungle that is the mall. (laughs) um, And you're going to do it on, on Amazon. Our link is there for you. And we would greatly, greatly appreciate it.
1: Yes, we would.
0: Democracy 2016 facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
1: Donald Trump.
0: Donald Trump.
1: And it's not a name you would expect to hear in this segment because well he's the host of Celebrity Apprentice.
0: Right. Well, you know, he's he's always interjecting himself in in presidential politics and American politics in general. And we wouldn't normally give him any any credence or cover him with any seriousness, except for the fact that, well, not except for the fact because we're not going to cover him with any seriousness. Um, We cover him like we would cover Sarah Palin or like we would cover Michelle Bachman. He's, he's a joke. He's a laughing stock. Anyways, he sat down for an interview recently on like a panel discussion for Bloomberg or something. And he was asked a bunch of questions and it led to all of this
3: and politics.
2: Okay, so, but um, let me finish that up. Are you considering maybe getting into politics as a candidate, running for president, or you're not sure yet? Well, you
3: know, I've been building buildings all my life. We've done, you know, done a great job, as you understand, and, uh, and one thing about David, if he didn't think we did a good job, I wouldn't be here tonight. That I can tell you. But we've done a good job, and I am considering it very strongly. Uh, A lot of people think that I have fun with it, that I'm playing games, that I enjoy the process, and I do enjoy the process to a certain extent, but the country's in serious, serious trouble. We just, as you know, we just broke 18 trillion dollars in debt, largely to different places like China and others, and we just are in very, very serious trouble, so I am considering it very strongly.
2: Wow, so when do you think you might make a decision? Sometime
3: after the beginning of the year, probably sometime in March, April, or May.
2: Okay, so um, you wouldn't start below the top job, the President's the top job, you wouldn't start a little bit lower, no, Governor or something, just to get a little experience than the Governor?
3: You know, I've dealt in politics all my life, all of my life I've been in politics, and usually as a supporter on the other side, and I support a lot of different people, and people that I think are going to be good I'm a Republican, but I'll support people that I really think are going to be good. And frankly, I just think we need something uh, very good, very fast, or we're going to be in very big trouble as a country. And a lot of it's common sense. For instance, the torture report. Do we have to announce the torture report? Which, by the way cost 40 million dollars to do. That. I'm trying to figure out how does this report cost 40 million. They paid these couple of guys 40 million dollars. They paid 80 million dollars to come up with the process. And there's so much, there's so many things that I see in this country, whether it's common sense or whatever. And I have, I have a big voice. I have, you know, millions and millions of followers on Twitter and Facebook. And when I say something, people, some people don't like it, but most people do like it and whether it's uh, jobs, and the thing I like best, and I think the thing that I'm best at is the economy, and how to put people to work, and that's what we need in this
2: country. Right, Campaign is typically a two-year process, and then um, if you're elected president, you have to spend four or eight years at it, right in the peak of your earning period, you would say that's okay?
3: Well, I have a a great company with tremendously talented people. I have some of those people sitting right here at the table, some of my executives, but I also have children. I have three of my five children are in the company, Don, Eric, and Ivanka, and uh, they've done a, a fantastic job. And four years ago, I was leading in the polls. I was beating everybody in the polls, and what happened is I just really was loving what I do. I love what I do. I would rather do what I'm doing than run for president but I also love the country more, and I just think that uh, unless I see somebody that's outstanding,
2: I would very much be inclined to do it, okay? All right, well, I don't think you can make any more news than you just made, so. uh... (laughs) let's
3: go home.
1: So, he is an amazing narcissist. That's just the most prominent thing that comes through. He talks about how he's done great with building buildings.
0: Right, right. He talk- oh, we've done great amazing with amazing buildings. We built, we built some amazing buildings.
1: You wouldn't have me here unless you knew that we did good work. You know we do good work, right? And then he talks about how he has so many followers, which I guess we were just kind of doing that kind of stuff too. So,
0: well, no, 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 no. He's talking about it makes him a reputable force as someone who's going to run for president of the United States because he has millions and millions of followers.
1: Well, right. He's... And also talked about how much people care about what he's tweeting about.
0: Right. Well, he's got two point seven million followers while he was running his mouth. I look this up. Two point seven million followers. If that is the if that's the be all and end all of your uh, of your credibility relative to running for the highest office in the land, then Justin Bieber should be running for Prime Minister of Canada because he's got 57.9 million followers. Wow. It's a sad place that we live. Um, Kim Kardashian has 26.5 million followers.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She's got like 12 or 13 times more followers than Donald Trump. So, apparently, she's very qualified. Yeah, apparently. The other thing he mentioned that I thought was funny is, all my life I've been in politics. Oh, yeah, all my life I've been in politics. Just because you voted doesn't mean you're in politics, Donald Trump.
1: I was going to say, apparently I've been in politics since I was 16.
0: Right. <laughs> when
1: I started having political beliefs. Is that what makes someone involved in it's politics?
0: It's unbelievable how his brain works. And look, he it's not just luck that has got him to the point that he is. He's obviously a cunning intelligent businessman but he is a he's an attention whore yeah that he really really is yeah and a lot of times he will he will strategically place in time his outbursts for right around like the season premiere of his show so it, it makes which me- by the
1: way january 8th
0: Oh, well, that's exactly why he's doing this.
1: I, d- I, I just put that together. I yeah. had no idea. That's probably why he is doing this. Oh, I had
0: no idea he, he, the show was getting ready to premiere. Yeah. Th- that's why he's doing this.
1: I'm Th- so shocked right now. No,
0: that's it what it is. We just... <laughs> I, I should have looked that up, but that's exactly why he's doing this. Wow. Yeah. It's because the show's getting ready to come on the air, and he wants to dust up some... Because it's you know less than three weeks away. He wants to... He'll be saying this kind of stuff, Mark my words, everybody, this will not be the first time he says what he just said on stage. It's going to continue. He's going to build uh, some kind of a fury within the media of they're going to be interviewing. Oh, you're really going to run. Are you really going to run? And it all is going to lead to the show premiering on the eight.
1: I think it would be funny if he ran, though, because that would be hilarious to watch in the presidential debates, because he is such a narcissist, he's so deluded.
0: Yeah, but he really does have lots of people who think he is a credible,
1: oh, I know, viable
0: option for president.
1: Someone deleted me on Facebook one time because I questioned whether or not they were seriously supporting oh, Donald yeah. Trump wanting to be president. That's unbelievable. And they were insulted by me asking that question, but I just I thought they were joking.
0: Listen, say what you will, he's less credible to me than Sarah Palin.
1: Well, why wouldn't he be?
0: Well, because at it, least
1: she was a governor,
0: right? She she actually won an election, right? She's she's clearly less intelligent than him in in many many ways. Well, probably all ways. But he, I, listen, he he's a clown. He, it's unbelievable to me that he gets the media the traction from the media that he does.
1: Well, it's also funny that he talks about the economy and things like this because he's filed for bankruptcy four times, right? So I don't know how trustworthy someone like that is yeah. with handling funds.
0: Well, he has several different companies that have filed for bankruptcy. He hasn't filed for personal bankruptcy. But it's saying, listen, if you own a company that owns casinos and you file for bankruptcy, something's wrong. How do you lose money in the casino business where people are giving you their money and the odds are forever in your favor? Right. The, the games are geared in your favor. Anyway. Next up on the Dalamocracy docket would be Jeb Bush.
1: Right, he tweeted, "I am excited to announce I will actively explore the possibility of running for president of the United States." So this isn't a confirmation. No,
0: what what it means is what happens with presidential politics is they 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 they, they form what's called an exploratory committee. And then that committee does the the polling data and the research to find out if the 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 chance of him running successfully um is good and then he decides from there
1: is it also based on the money that he can generate
0: absolutely it has to do with that too right so but listen uh, he's gonna run for president the fact that he announced the exploratory committee it's a little odd that he did it in such a loud way it's on twitter it's not really loud but the fact that he announced... Usually they kind of quietly form the Exploratory Committee and then have they them do their work. And then they announce. Hmm. It makes me think he's in. Yeah. Because he wouldn't go through all that without... Because he knows that's going to cause a stir when it's from his official Twitter account.
1: He's also, I think, the first person to really make this declaration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure on Twitter. <laughs> so anyway, he announced... That he is thinking about thinking, that he is officially thinking (laughs) about considering running for president. (laughs) Right. And then the aforementioned Donald Trump, he just came right back out and shot a, a, a shot across the bow. And what did he say?
1: He tweeted. And
0: again, on Twitter, yeah.
1: Right. He said, after destroying the Middle East and our economy... The Bush's last gift was having Justice Roberts legalize Obamacare. No more Bushes. And then following that tweet, he retweeted an article where it says, Donald Trump, last thing we need is another Bush. So it's interesting to me because he's making it difficult for himself when the Republican candidate is selected. Right. And they receive the nomination and what if it's Jeb Bush
0: right and then is he's... he going
1: to support hillary <laughs>
0: exactly no no of course not well no i can't see him supporting hillary but anyway like, like i said he he doesn't think far enough ahead he only he only thinks from season premiere to season premiere <laughs> or from season premiere to season finale where he wants to promote he's he's a, an attention whore who doesn't think about the long term relationship issue It's strictly how it's going to benefit him right now.
1: And it's a weird way to get promotion for your show, to constantly announce that you're running for president.
0: Yeah, well, it's only weird because the media still covers his dumb ass. They still give him airtime. Fox News, it might as well be the Donald Trump network. He's on there all the time. They always have him on. And it's it's one of the reasons why I lost a lot of respect for for cavuto because he would always have donald trump on he he's not a credible source of information i don't care what his opinion is no one should care what his opinion is so moving on something a little bit lighter hearted uh salt lake city has i don't know they th- there's some art thing and there's a
1: art in quotations <laughs> right. I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. Well, I,
0: I've got a news package from the local Salt Lake uh, network that talks about it.
1: It is a high-flying piece of art in downtown Salt Lake City, and it's getting some attention, not all of it positive. The piece hovers over Third South.
0: It depicts two Mormon missionaries, one that's an alien inside a UFO. Fox 13's Annie Cutler joins us from Salt Lake, where the piece stands. Annie?
4: Good evening, Hope and Bob. Yeah, this art piece has been in place for several months now. You can see behind me that it stands about 25 feet above the median here on 300 South. It's titled Zion Rocky Mountain Alliance, and we spoke with one Utah man who says he wants it taken down. The white dress shirt, tie, and customary name tag, the giveaways that the main characters in this flying objects themed art piece are Mormon missionaries. The twist is that one of them looks like a blue alien, both inside a UFO, and that has Nathan Zog offended.
0: I kind of feel like it's derogatory towards uh, both the LDS religion and, and more specifically Mormon missionaries.
4: Zog says that the art was funded by taxpayer dollars and sits on public property. He believes the art targets a protected class of people and questions the message it sends to tourists who may see it.
0: We have enough problems with, you know, maybe strange liquor laws and other reputations that the state has. To add this kind of thing is just not appropriate.
4: But not everyone agrees with Zog. I had to smile the first time I saw it. Joy Dantin says the piece does send a message, but not an offensive one. We have more things to worry about than. THAT I AM LDS AND I AM NOT OFFENDED BY IT. THE ART PIECE IS PART OF A DOZEN OTHER SCULPTURES PICKED AS PART OF THIS YEAR'S FLYING OBJECT SERIES. THE EXECUTIVE DIRECTOR OF THE SALT LAKE CITY ARTS COUNCIL SAYS SHE'S HAPPY THAT PUBLIC ART IN THE CITY IS CREATING A CONVERSATION.
1: IT'S COLORFUL, IT PROVIDES INTEREST TO THE STREET, AND IT GETS PEOPLE TALKING, AND YEAH, THAT'S uh, A LOT OF THE GREAT STUFF THAT ART DOES.
4: And back to a live look at this art piece here. And this is temporary, so eventually it will come down and be replaced by other sculptures that follow the same theme as this Flying Objects project continues. Now, all dozen of these sculptures that were recently picked, they were all picked and approved by a uh, civilian review board, along with members with Visit Salt Lake, the Salt Lake City Corporation, the Redevelopment Agency, even an engineer. So lots of people saw this before it went up, Hope.
1: All right. So we heard from this one man who finds the piece offensive. Has the city had any other complaints, Annie? And is the man planning to take any kind of legal action? Right. We just got off the
4: phone with Art Raymond. Uh, he's a public information officer for the city. Within the hour, he says that this gentleman is the only complaint that they've received in recent memory about any of the public arts throughout the city. Although Zog, the gentleman who thinks this is offensive, he says that he is working with an attorney and plans to file an injunction to have this art piece taken
1: down. All right, Annie, thank you.
0: What I love about this the most <laughs> is something I don't know if anybody else noticed. The guy who's complaining, his name is Nathan Zog. Wow. I mean, he sounds like an alien overlord. That last name isn't, isn't, uh, what's the, the, the Buzz and Woody, uh, Toy Story. Isn't, isn't isn't it the evil Emperor Zog? I
1: think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. They found the one guy with an alien-like name to discuss the alien artwork. (laughs) Super
0: funny. Well, he's the one guy who's got a problem with it. Well, you know, I'm sure
1: there's more, but they found the one guy on the street <laughs> that was named an alien name. Yeah,
0: he's getting a lawyer and everything about this. So yeah, it's a little So maybe intense. he's afraid that that's a working spaceship <laughs> that's going to get up there. But it's just funny to me because there is this kind of quiet link between Mormonism and their doctrine and alien type stuff, you know, like colob. It's it's kind of a a quiet belief that... That's where God lives. It's like a, a, a star or a planet at the center of our galaxy or somewhere where 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 the, the Heavenly Father lives and rules over his, I think it's the planets.
1: I think it's the nearest point to where he right, lives right. is what it, they say. It's something
0: around there. Yeah. Anyway, so there is some outer space kind of stuff that goes on with Mormonism. Um, they also believe that, when you really, that if you are the best Mormon you can be and you lead a chaste, wonderful... Latter Day Saint life that you can rule over your own planet and have your own people, just like the Heavenly Father does.
1: So I wonder if this is a commentary on that. I'm sure. It, well, it's
0: pr- probably something. I'm sure it has something to do with it. But it's kind of cool if you go look at it. We'll put it on the Facebook page. It's kind of interesting because they've got the little blue guy with the little antennae. Mm-hmm. You know, it's
1: it, and he's wearing the missionary outfit. Yeah, yeah. he's so... in a little
0: missionary outfit. Yeah. He's in this little like six nineteen sixties era. You know, flying saucer. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's interesting. I think it's funny, but I really wanted to talk about it because of Nathan Zog, <laughs> overlord of Salt Lake City art.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is coincidental. I didn't know. I don't know if you wrote these on the rundown board to be in order, but apparently, this because it has to do with display of art or you know, religious whatever during Christmas time. And at in the state capitol, I believe it's the state capitol of Michigan, so that would be Lansing, um, they are putting on display, they had to approve a religious form of expression from the satanic church. Am I right about that?
1: Right. A Christian nativity at the capitol is out. But a Satanist group from Detroit will erect its own holiday display at the State House. The display, which depicts a snake wrapped around the Satanic cross presenting a book as a holiday gift, will be featured on the Northeast lawn of the Capitol from <laughs> December 21st to 23rd. Wow. The cross reads quote, The greatest gift is knowledge.
0: Well, I wouldn't disagree with the Satanists there.
1: And it's actually kind of a beautiful display. I mean, it sounds kind of creepy, but it, it it's not. I mean, it doesn't look terrible. The the snake has red colors throughout it. And then there's kind of green bushes that I can see in here. So, and so it looks Christmassy-ish.
0: Traditional Christmas colors. Yeah. right.
1: And there's like a bow on the book, a red bow. So it looks Christmassy, but it's satanic. John Truescott. A member of the Michigan State Capitol Commission, which approved the display, said the commission had to okay it because members were, quote, constrained by the Constitution.
0: (laughs) Oh, that pesky Constitution.
1: And must, quote, recognize everybody's First Amendment rights.
0: Oh, how dare. What a bummer that they had to observe everyone's and recognize everyone's rights.
1: He added, personally, I think this is absolutely repulsive and I'm very frustrated by it. I don't appreciate a group trying to hijack a Christian holiday.
0: Mm. This, why don't Christians see this? Why don't they just step aside, step back from this just for a moment to see that maybe no religion should have place on public grounds? None. Not the Satanists and not Christianity. Not the Buddhists, not the Muslims, no one. Because it's not the government's business, right? The government isn't in the religion business, right? So don't have any of it. Right. That's the easiest thing. But instead, it's well, we gotta have the Satanists. I just very offensive to me. Well, maybe your religious bullshit is offensive to others, but they they can't they can't step aside to to take a look at it from that viewpoint. Ugh, so, so aggravating. Another. Group that can't step aside to look at their bullshit is a a wedding cake or a cake maker in Colorado,
1: right? His name's Jack Phillips, and he's a baker, and he says that his evangelical Protestant faith informs his business. There are no Halloween treats in his bakery. He does not see devils and witches as a laughing matter friends. <laughs> He will also not make erotic-themed pastries. They offend his sense of morality. And he declines cake orders for same-sex weddings because he believes Christianity teaches that homosexuality is wrong. Jack Phillips, whose refusal two years ago to make a cake for a gay male couple, has led to a court battle now getting underway in one of the small number of wedding vendors across the country who are emerging as the unlikely face of faith-based resistance to same-sex marriage.
0: Here's my problem with this is w- listen, if he doesn't want to make a dick cake or a, a dick pie or or a cake for let's boobs on it or whatever the
1: erotic theme pastry yeah, is what you're talking if about. If he doesn't
0: want to do that, that's fine. He can say, yeah, I'm not going to make a, a butthole cake
1: well, that would be I totally get that too. that's yeah, weird, so
0: that's fine, but does he make wedding cakes? It appears he does
1: he does make wedding cakes, yeah,
0: he just won't make them for a gay couple. What if he didn't? What if a black woman and a white man came in and uh uh, no, I'm sorry, that is against my religious sensitivities and my religious sensibilities. I'm not going to make a wedding cake for your union because you're black and you're white and I'm opposed to that. Yeah. That would be against the law. Right. As it should be. Right. To deny, if you make wedding cakes, your business is making wedding cakes. You know, it's not he doesn't make elbow cakes and foot cakes and then refuses to make butthole cakes. It's he makes wedding cakes and he's choosing to not make a cake for gays because it's against his mythology.
1: Right. And in Colorado, where Mr. Phillips, who is 58 years old, owns and operates a small bakery called Masterpiece Cake Shop, the State Civil Rights Commission determined that Mr. Phillips had violated a state law banning discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in places of public accommodation. The commission ordered Mr. Phillips to retrain all of his employees, who include his 87-year-old mother, and to produce a quarterly report detailing any refusals to bake in response He has stopped accepting orders for any wedding cakes while he appeals the rulings to the state courts He says quote. I do like doing the wedding cakes But I don't like having the government tell me which ones I can make and which ones I can't make and trying to control that part of my life
0: I don't think the government's trying to tell him which ones he cannot make They're just saying if you're gonna be making wedding cakes as a matter of public accommodation You can't deny someone you can't deny making the wedding cake based on the fact that they're gay. If you want to not make it because they're assholes, that's not a protected class. Homosexuality in Colorado is a protected class. The other thing that kind of freaks me out about this is who knew that a fifty eight year old man owning a bakery was uh was straight. That uh I just those two just don't go together in my mind, right?
1: Yeah, it's a bummer because I love myself some cakes, and I would love to have some cakes from this guy if I was ever in Colorado. But me, no like him. Mm. You
0: don't like bigot cake?
1: No, mm. like, I don't.
0: It's like for a long time we didn't we didn't eat bigot chicken,
1: right? Chick fil A.
0: Chick fil A. Mm-hmm. We we have just rescinded that though because they we looked at their reports, their financial donations, and what they're doing, and they no longer give money to the bigoted organizations at, that they used to. so
1: Yeah, organizations that fight uh, gay marriage or that support, I guess, rather traditional marriage, right, right. as they call it.
0: Yeah, which is the it's the the very whitewashed way to say bigoted organizations. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we still we haven't gone. It's been a long time since we've... We haven't gone since the previous dust-up.
1: Right. Well, it was really hard to abstain from the Chick-fil-A It's good. But once we decided to do it, we we would tell ourselves, well, we can sneak it and no one would know. Like it would just be us that knows that we're eating the bigot chicken. But then we realized we would know that we did that. I can't do it. And break our own moral code.
0: I, I feel I would feel very bad about myself. I would be sitting there eating the bigot chicken with tears giant crocodile tears of guilt. And yeah. Shame.
1: So it's so good that we looked at their financial reports to make sure they stopped giving.
0: We did. And they have. <laughs> so feel free. Eat it up. Eat up that bigot chicken. Here's another all just all these in a row. This is this is so great. So an Ohio high school freshman has decided he is not going to participate. He's not going to do homework. He's not going to do classwork. He says he's legally obligated to show up to class But he's not going to do anything until a plaque of the Ten Commandments is brought back and put into the high school that has been previously removed.
1: Right. He's protesting the removal of the plaque from the school's hallway, apparently (laughs) is where it was featured. And it was a gift to the Harding High School from its graduating class of 1953. The plaque had hung next to the preamble of the United States Constitution until it was removed by the Marion City School District.
0: And he apparently has said that he is he understands the consequences, the ramifications, the repercussions that this could possibly cause him not doing any work. But it's it's that important to him that his school hang a religious icon in its in its halls, a public school. It's so important to him that he's willing to have to repeat ninth grade. I mean, what what's he doing? He
1: says, I don't care about my grades now. I told the principal until there is an agreement reached, I will not participate in any related activities or any Marion city schools related activities, sports, choir classes, whatever. I won't even wear my Harding marching band (laughs) t-shirt.
0: He's taking a stand.
1: He is serious about this biz.
0: Brittany, he is not even going to wear his marching band t-shirt. That's how serious he is.
1: Right, and he insists that the Ten Commandments are not just a religious symbol,
0: mm, okay,
1: but guidelines it would behoove all students to follow, and that he will carry on with this strike until the plaque is replaced.
0: All students to follow. You mean like, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods before me? That is a guideline, a secular guideline, that the public school should, inst- should instill in other students who don't happen to be Christian.
1: It's not a religious symbol. Yeah,
0: well, clearly it's not a religious symbol.
1: (laughs) Most of the commandments have to do with God, but it's not a religious symbol.
0: So anyway, speaking of this, uh, we did receive a few submissions. We didn't get any voicemails, though. I'm going to, again, put out the call. We want to rewrite the Ten Commandments, and we want your participation. So don't put it off. 657-464-7609. That is our number. Call and leave us a th- less than three minute voicemail. I don't I can't imagine it would be more than three minutes. You could also email us. I doubt it at dollamore.com. or as always, you can record yourself on your smartphone and also email it to i doubt it at dollamore.com. So the only theme connection here would be the 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 region because this is also the Midwest, a University of Michigan. Professor, I believe she's the communications director or the, the head of the communications department for the University of Michigan, Susan Douglas, has, uh, she said some really rational things.
1: Yeah, she wrote an article titled, It's Okay to Hate Republicans.
0: Uh, I hope everybody got the sarcasm that I was laying down, that it's rational, because that's insane.
1: Right. Well, and she's a professor and she's a department chairwoman of the communications department at this university. Right. So she teaches classes where inevitably she's going to have conservative students. Now, I would be concerned if I was a conservative student who read this article and then may end up having her as a professor. Right. Because she's obviously extremely biased. So in this article, she says, I hate Republicans. I can't stand the thought of having to spend the next two years watching Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, Ted Cruz, Daryl Issa, or any of the legions of other blowhards denying climate change, thwarting immigration reform, or championing fetal personhood. She writes that although the fact that her tendency is to blame the Republicans, and it may seem biased, she says historical and psychological research back her up. Mm. So it's basically actually a fact that Republicans are bad, she says.
0: She's also a communications professor. I mean, look, if you're a if you're a college athlete and you're thinking of what's the easiest what's the easiest course of study I can go through and get a degree in, it's all it's invariably almost always communications.
1: Right. So
0: She's a professor of that while talking about issues that are science related, psychology, climatology. I mean, she's not a communicologist. She's she's what she's a she's a doctor of speech giving. She's a doctor of writing press releases. Come on.
1: Well, I just don't understand what she's saying when she says historical and psychological research back her up that Republicans are bad, that they're worthy of hatred. Right well that doesn't make any sense. There's so many varying kinds of people that consider themselves conservative or republican.
0: Absolutely varied. And also she she didn't she didn't delineate what she said. She could have parsed her words. You, you think she could have communicated better with her little essay by saying that she hates all republican politicians. Right. But she said all republicans, which right. is 50% of the population practically. I mean it's it's upwards of 40% of America are Republican and probably 40% are Democrat and then the other 20% are independent. Right. You know what I mean? So right. she's she's leveling hatred, literally hatred at a a giant chunk almost half of the population of our country. Right. That's not wise.
1: Yeah, and it's not wise for a professor to do either. Yeah, people, she's on the public payroll. Students already have issues when their professors express opinions, right. and they feel compelled to, if you're going to write a paper and you may have a differing opinion, you don't want to express that differing opinion because you may be graded down right? because of the bias. And everyone has inherent bias toward other people that they disagree with or that they feel a certain way toward. Sure. And... She's just making it very clear that she feels this way. Right. So I guess she's giving everyone a heads up. Hey, this is how I am. (laughs) That's right. Only liberals take my class. Or if you're a conservative, pretend you're a liberal in my class, which is unfortunate.
0: Well, it's it it only gives fuel to the Republican fire that they, they 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 rally against. And they're always screaming about academia. And the liberal bias in colleges and how they're just liberal bastions. All she's doing is proving their point for them.
1: Right. That professors are just indoctrinating students. That's right. Yeah. And it is unfortunate. And it's it's kind of true, though. I mean, there is a huge majority of liberal professors in, in college campuses. Right. There's a lack of conservative contributions. So... That's something that needs to be looked looked into and remedied. I think because
0: it, it it's problematic. And it also, it gives me pause and and concern about the faculty and the climate at the University of Michigan right now. That she would feel comfortable doing this, because if if there was an if there was such unbiased opinion going on in teaching there, she wouldn't feel comfortable being so radical as she is, but she clearly feels that she's, she's covered and that it's okay.
1: Right. It's unfortunate. And in, in this article, they talk about how the, uh, U university of Michigan's anti-discrimination policy forbids quote, creating an intimidating, hostile, offensive, or abusive environment for that individual's employment, education, living environment, or participation in a university activity. And one could argue that she's certainly, violating this policy
0: absolutely she's
1: making a hostile environment she's saying the article is titled it's okay to hate republicans
0: yeah yeah i mean there's no there's no way to parse words or explain this away
1: yeah and it's a bummer because you can disagree with someone but this is taking it to the extreme and this is someone who is unwilling to listen at this point. She's not someone who right. you could have an open conversation with. Let's really talk about the issues. She's not someone who wants to talk anymore. She just hates, and that's it.
0: Well, it's also, like you said, it all—it just calcifies the entire discussion. It, it, there is no discussion anymore, like you said. It's once you're hated, well, then I don't want to talk to you. There's no, you're not going to be changing my mind. I'm not going to be changing your mind. If you already hate me and I'm already hated, we're done, you know? Stupid. You know, it's always nice when I look on Facebook and I see something is trending nationally that has local significance for me. And not local now. This week on Facebook, there was more evidence of an out of control police force using excessive force and shooting and killing an innocent being. This week in Pocatello, Idaho, a cow tried to escape from a slaughter pen and ended up running away and getting into someone's yard. And take it away, Brittany.
1: And police fatally shot the (laughs) 1,000 pound cow. 1,000 pound cow. It's a massive cow. It's actually
0: an average or below average.
1: Okay. I just imagine that most cows, on average, weigh like three hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, that that is not the case. Um, we had this discussion when when we first talked about the story, and you were shocked at the thousand pound number. So I went on, I googled, and I tried to do a little bit of research to find out how big cows are. And apparently, a thousand pounds isn't. There are cows that are like three thousand, three and a half thousand pounds. That's frightening massive and and then angus which i believe this would probably be similar to um they range between a thousand and twenty five hundred pounds so that's those are that's big
1: Right. So I guess this was an average-sized cow, and this <laughs> this pursuit went on for a while because police had shot the animal earlier in the pursuit and wounded it, but the cow kept running from them. And it eventually, like you said, it wound up in someone's backyard, and that's where it was eventually killed. And they say that they shot the animal because... ...of the safety risk the animal posed. Apparently it had rammed the animal control truck... ...and two police (laughs) cars in the residential neighborhood.
0: Hey man, it didn't want to go down. It was not happy being burgers.
1: It also nearly caused motor vehicle accidents...
0: Yeah, well that happens.
1: And police felt like the animal might trample someone as it charged through the residential neighborhood.
0: I'm well, I'm sure that could have happened.
1: So they had to take it out.
0: Well, it was look, it was on its way out anyway. I'm not I'm making jokes about police brutality. Um but it it was at death's door. It was ready to go. So they just he just got a little extra time. The cow should be thankful in all honesty. Right. <laughs> Wonder if they ruined into that delicious, delicious meat?
1: You know, I'm sure they weren't concerned about that when they're trying to stop the cow that's getting ready to trample everybody in the, the carnage, Yeah,
0: <laughs> very funny. All right, with the cow, we will leave it there. As always, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your time that you dedicate to us twice a week. Go visit Dollamore.com if you'd like to support the show. There's a link that says support the show. Makes it easy. Makes it very easy. It's it's kind of a it's a it's a roadmap to supporting the show. <laughs> there you'll find the Amazon link. There's also a link to our Patreon page, which is kind of like Kickstarter. Either way, pick your poison. Anything that you you choose to do relative to support whether it be listening for, to us or donating money or buying something on Amazon, it's all very very much appreciated. And I guess we'll leave it there. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been "I Doubt It." Yeah, I'm not gonna make a a butthole cake.